Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh. Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to Car Stuff. My name is Scott. And my name is Ben. I sounded like I was asking a question, didn't I? I you know what? There's nothing wrong with checking. Yeah. There are no stupid questions. Sometimes you wonder. That's, that would be kind of a stupid question, though, if I asked my own name. Anyways, Ben. Anyways, I got a uh, I got a, uh, a hint here that you may want to talk about something that's military related. Yes, I do. We we I, talked about this before. Yeah, I know. We we get actually some requests for people that want to talk about military hardware, mm-hmm. and we've talked about tanks in the past. Yep. Have we talked about jets? I think we have talked about jets. We've touched on jets because we've talked about um, the idea of people strapping jet engines to to cars, which or, is, by the way, the greatest idea ever. Sure. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, and motorcycles, things like that. Right. The right. smaller, the better. You know, yeah. go kart, whatever. It happens. Yeah. Or the thing where they put the rocket on the rails. Literally. Oh yeah. Remember yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's another good one. All right. So, anyways, this is uh, this is another military topic for us, and uh, you've got a uh, just a load of information on this. I've got very little on this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz you about it because um, I'm really interested in these. I think they're kind of cool. I just I just have never really taken the time to learn a whole lot about them, but you have. Well, Scott, that first off, that's very flattering. Oh, I, I don't, well, I don't do get, what I can. I, I appreciate it, buddy. Don't don't get everybody's hopes up because we don't know. <laughs> this is going to be the greatest podcast ever, everybody. Ever, 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 ever. Okay, okay. So, so what? Um, what we're talking about today are called unmanned aerial vehicles, UAVs, UAVs, and UAVs have well, AKA. Drones. AKA drones. Yeah, we hear that a lot now in the news, right? Drones. Right. They always say drones. I never hear UAVs. Right. You hear about drones in, uh, the, you'll hear about drones working typically in military, uh, areas uh, or theaters of war. Like, mm-hmm. uh, they'll be in Afghanistan, they'll be in Pakistan, and, um, you'll hear them doing, about them doing reconnaissance missions. You'll yes. hear about, and some of these vehicles are armed as well. But here's a funny thing that I think most people don't know about drones, and we should start with this. The the first 
unmanned aerial vehicle. Mm-hmm. You ready for this? I'm ready. 1930s. 1930s, really? The British Royal Navy. Well, okay, I won't... Maybe it's a little bit extreme to say it's absolutely the first one, but it's the first one that the military used. Okay. That we know about. Mm, you know, maybe there's a secret <laughs> one. But it was called the Queen Bee, and so it could go like about a 100 miles an hour and 160 kilometers for our really? non-U.S. listeners. Oh, very good. No kidding. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't have expected this. And the not, big- not at that time. The big thing was what really separates it from a uh, a rocket uh, is that it can land and you can use it again. Hmm. And <laughs> this is the funny part, though, because we have this in our article on how stuff works. Instead of being used offensively, uh, it was mainly target practice for British pilots. <laughs> no so, kidding. Which is how it was supposed uh, to be that's, used. That's so funny. Were, they would take it up, fly around, and sure, yeah, learn to be an ace oh, by yeah. uh, by shooting these World War One flying ace. Mm-hmm. And World War uh, World War Two brought some other things out actually on the German side, and it was more like it's more like a bomb, mm-hmm. more like a robotic kamikaze. Okay, maybe robot's not the fairest word, but this thing could go eight hundred and four kilometers an hour. It's- 500 miles an hour for our U.S. listeners. Significant increase. And that's during World War II. That's during World War II, so not that no much kidding. time has passed. No kidding. Okay. And then uh, we see we see these used in other places. In the 70s, they were used in the Middle East um, in the Yom Kippur War. Between- now, these are these are programmed and, and then just they kind of run their course and come back. Is that right? Or they crash and, you know, that's, that's planned, right? But – we're getting to the point now where I hear a lot of these things are are actually operated by somebody, right? I mean, they're yes. they're in they're in control the entire time and they're recoverable. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. So the the reason, and that's a great point. The reason that we're talking a little bit about the history of the UAVs is just to establish that these are not some sort of magic ace in the hole that the U.S. pulled out of nowhere. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we don't have very smart scientists. I'm saying actually that we have brilliant scientists who spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, what others have tried, what works, what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know that there is a history to this technology. So let's fast forward and let's go into the present stuff now. Great. Okay. You're asking, you, you were talking about, um, someone actually being around yeah. controlling it. Yeah. Who flies these things? Uh, the, we fly them, soldiers fly them. Soldiers actually fly them from a remote, uh, station, like a, a ground control station. And they interface with it in a way that would remind a lot of non-military people of video games. Ah, that's, see, now that's something that I've heard a little bit about recently too, is that the military is very interested in a certain group of, of youngsters, I guess we'll of call gamers, them. gamers, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the gamers. That's right. And they're the ones who uh, they're, they're looking at or they're targeting for saying, hey, you know what? You've got the skills, the hand-eye coordination that, some, that we need in this exact position. Somebody who's a little bit older than you who may not be that, uh, that adept at something like this because mm-hmm. uh, you've grown up. Playing video games, right? right. To this right. point, if you're a twenty-something, sure. you probably had you know video game controls in your hands your whole life, and and here's one that's real life, mm-hmm. right? And uh, big stakes, of course, and it's a lot different, I'm sure. Yeah. But um, you still need the same skill set. 
right? You do need a lot of the same skills. You need to have uh, quick reflexes. Mm -hmm. Of course, you want to have hand-eye coordination precise enough to make sure that you can uh, you can manipulate the controls while you're still looking at the input, you know, mm -hmm. of whatever uh, data you have coming in. And one thing that is one thing that is a little bit uh, different here, you know how when we hear about drones in, in the news or something, it seems like a drone is this sort of silent lone wolf, you know, yeah. and it's cruising through the sky at altitudes unfamiliar to man <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Um, but that's, the, you know, that's a very, that's an exaggerated view uh, because, you know, how when we talked about tanks, you can't really deploy a tank by itself and expect things to always go well. Yes. Um, you can't really expect the same with a drone. The way drones operate in units, okay, and there are, there are four drones, and then there's the ground control center, and then there's a satellite uplink, so they can they can relay the information from the control center to the drones, and then also use satellite capabilities. Okay, um, to see the ground now. This is like visual reconnaissance type. Yeah, there's there's okay. a lot of there's a lot of reconnaissance because the main reason that these are so effective is that they don't they remove an entire possibility of casualties hmm. you know at the very worst if if a drone is shot down or blown up then there's not an extra dead pilot there's a there's somebody who is um is pretty far away yeah a lot of times and they're and all they I don't want to minimize it but what they do is they can take another drone out and put it back up, put it in the air in a very short time and just send it back in. Okay. So game over sh for a short time. Mm -hmm. And the it, since the 1990s, the Department of Defense has spent billions of dollars uh, researching these. Well, how, wait, one, one quick thing here. Yeah, yeah. How, how far away are these things from the operator? I mean, what's the, what's the maximum distance they can operate at? Because um, the way you, you hear about it, it's so removed, it's so distant. But, yeah. But are they closer than we think? Are they? Are they? Is it relatively nearby? That's a. You know what? That's a really good point because again, sometimes we would see it as the operator sitting in Washington D.C. in a bunker somewhere in Langley, Virginia. But that's not the case. They do have an impressive radius. It's about four hundred. Uh, about 400 nautical miles. Whoa, that's so, a long distance. Yeah, I wasn't thinking it was anywhere near that far. Right. Well, the whole point is to to keep these pilots removed from combat. Yeah. And also, it probably eliminates some of the some of the potential for human error by having them safely away operating vicariously. So, one quick thing. Yeah. You said pilot. So, a drone operator is a pilot. And I don't, I won't blame you if you don't know the direct answer to this bit, but that was interesting. I, I, I just hadn't thought, for, for some reason, when I think of somebody sitting in a control center mm -hmm. with a joystick and they're, they're controlling the, or whatever controls are. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I don't think of that as a pilot, but I guess they really are, aren't they? Well, yeah, because they're piloting a drone. They're piloting a drone. Yeah. That's why. I mean, they're so just not in the aircraft that they're piloting. That's, a, right. that's so strange. It's such a, a strange thing to think about. It's a, it's a weird thing and it hasn't happened in warfare to this level before. Mm -hmm. um, let's like, I don't mean to stump you on no, that. No, just, no, uh, it's, it's, you're, you're it's right, really though, weird. I mean, but I, I would say you can call them pilots. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Now, 
I I know what you probably want to get into here are some are some of the things that we use. Yeah. What what are they? What's the purpose of them? I mean, what's the do they? We, we talked about reconnaissance. Yes. Okay. So there's the kind that just have cameras and just have uh, you know data gathering mm-hmm. uh, software, whatever installed. You know, cameras and and uh, recording devices. What else? What else is out there? What can they do? Let me tell you, my friend, about the MQ-1 Predator. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> it's an unmanned drone that started in 1996. Okay. Uh, and we first saw some action in 1999. Uh, they've been used for surveillance, but they also can carry uh, weapons. They really? carry, yeah, namely, uh, let's see, namely Hellfire missiles, I believe. Um, but they're they're considered lightly armed. You know, if you have a B two bomber or something, yeah, it has just tremendous destructive. Well, I don't know, Ben. A drone carrying a Hellfire missile—that sounds pretty destructive to me. I know it's the world's worst yeah. paper airplane. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. I didn't. I had no idea they could carry. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, that they, they missiles can. and things like that. I, well, I just didn't know it was possible. The Reaper. No, I, I've heard. I've heard the same things you've heard about unmanned aerial vehicles. Mm. I've also seen. The footage where the guy kind of throws it off like a fancy radio controlled air. Sure. You can't do that with this man, with this one, man. It's, uh, 66 feet wide, wingtip to wingtip. Whoa. Yeah. Just for comparison, uh, the predator is a little bit under 50 feet. Okay. Wow. That's still big. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's why these are, they got to carry missiles. Oh, man. okay. I, I always thought of drones as being really small, but mm-hmm. the okay. reconnaissance ones can be smaller. Okay. Um, now it weighs about, a little less than 5,000 pounds. Okay. The Reaper, that is. And that's if it's not carrying anything. It can carry more stuff. It can, it can carry like over, uh, let's see. It can carry over three, 3,500 pounds. Oh. Call it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's pretty, you know, that's not terribly bad. I mean, it's 66 feet long. That's huge. Yeah. Well, wide, I guess. Yeah. Wide wingtip to wingtip. Yeah. But uh, you're talking 8,500 pounds total, something like that? Oh, and then also 4,000 pounds of fuel, 602 gallons. Okay. And um, this is still so much lighter than a manned aircraft. Is it? Yeah, than a traditional aircraft Um, because it doesn't have any of the stuff that you have to have to get a person up there flying it. To keep a human alive up at there at at that height, right? So there's no cockpit. There's none of the there's none of the life support functions. Oh, wait. Yeah. No drink tray. No drink uh, cart. Thing? Oh, there is no, a drink uh, cart. There, there is, is a drink, drink cart. cart. Oh, that's good because <laughs> uh, I can't I can't imagine a flight without a drink cart. So it can be armed. These things are more of what we see the U.S. military doing now is is trying to use technology in a smart way, and we see a lot of um, other militaries doing that too. Yeah. Um, so the Reaper has the ability to be sort of adapted depending on its mission. If it's the M is like multi-purpose, multi-use. So if it's just doing reconnaissance for some reason, then it would, it would have a kit that doesn't need to factor in all the possible weaponry. Mm-hmm. But if it's on an offensive mission, then it can be fitted with different weaponry, uh, depending on the situation it's going into. It normally carries, um, these missiles call, or these bombs, excuse me, called GBU-12s. Before you ask, I'm not sure what it stands for. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Um, but they are, 
They're huge, man. They're 500 pounds. Really? They're 500 pounds. 500 pound bombs. How many, how many does it carry? They're laser guided. Oh, laser. Oh, cool. Laser it, guided bombs. It depends on the mission. Yeah. It depends on the mission how many they carry. Um, now, the, the thing is, we, here, set me up for this one, buddy. Um, ask me what, what we do with the Reaper in the future. Okay, Ben. So what do we do with these in the future? I am so glad you asked. Uh, all right. So check it out, Scott. We don't know. We have, we don't know where <laughs> oh, well, this thank, could go. Thanks for all the info. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, it. it's just because this is a very, <laughs> it's an old idea, but it's, it's very new in this level of practicality in yeah. this level of practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could have these things conceivably just in the air for hours because you can just switch off the the person, the soldier in the command unit, in the ground control unit, mm-hmm. rather, and you can keep those things in the air till they just literally run out of fuel. Autopilot. So these things are running on fuel. They've got batteries, of course. Yeah. They oh, yeah. Just they're kind hybrid of, uh, vehicles. So they could just they could just yeah. kind of uh, just hover around until needed, and then uh, then use them for whatever purpose mm-hmm. we had intended them for. Mm-hmm. Right. Interesting. That's I. I how how long? I mean, do you happen to have any idea how long they they stay in the air, or how long they can stay in the air, or anything like that? Is that a uh, doesn't well, even tell us? That is something that I I'm not too sure. See, about. that's the thing. A lot a lot of the stuff, you know, we would like to give you a lot of a lot more information about certain things, and other and some things you just can't find an answer to because they're not they're being real tight lipped about it. Right, uh, military. Issues are always like this. Remember the tanks? We could say only so much about them, and and then you know there's a point where it says, well, that that information is not available. Yes, um, and I think that that's yeah. the case with a lot of this drone stuff. Is that you know you want more? Uh, maybe it's just not something you can dig up right at this time. Maybe mm-hmm. in ten years you'd be able to find out what's going on right now, mm-hmm. uh, but you wouldn't know what's happening in present day. Well, ideally we would want. Ideally, we being the U.S. military would want drones uh, 24 hours a day, if mm-hmm. possible. And it is possible as long as they land and refuel. Um, drones usually, at least the Reaper, the big oh, yeah. one. Now this is our, this is our T-Rex. Sure. I guess. Or what, whatever the, uh, this is the whale. The ultimate predator. This is the ultimate predator. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. And, um, they're operated, they actually have two people operating them. Mm-hmm. You know how you have a, um, if you're a sniper, you are, you are a sniper and you have a spotter. Well, if you're a pilot for a Reaper, uh, there's this other, the, another person will be monitoring the sensor systems. Hmm. And that's their job entirely. Because that's, that's a lot for one person. You got one person concentrating on the plane. Yeah. You've got another person concentrating on the information. That's pretty typical in a uh, in a fighter situation, anyways, right? Yes. You have two two people. One's monitoring, uh, you know, everything else, weather uh-huh. condition, altitude, all that stuff. The other one's you know, flying the mission, trying uh-huh. to yeah, you know, trying to hit the target. Um, so that's not unusual. But um, right. I, I don't know. I didn't expect that in the drone for some reason. I thought that a lot of that stuff would be automated versus uh, actually having a human sit there and monitor that that stuff. But I guess you can never take that out of it, right? Right. You uh. If you, if you take the human part of this completely out, then eventually, you know what? This is an excellent time to talk about this. We're, we should bring up, we'd be sort of remiss if we, if we didn't bring up the fact that drones are very, very controversial in, 
um, in several ways. The primary way in which they're controversial is this threat of automation. What would happen, for instance, if in the future there is a large war that is fought by largely automated things? Then we could, we could possibly have, if, if technology goes to some crazy degree, we could possibly have a war fought entirely through proxy machines by people who do not leave, uh, their area. A casualty free war. That's the problem. On one side. Right. Unless both sides are armed with this kind of technology because another criticism that, um, the U.S. military has received for use of drones has been the, uh, has been deaths of civilians. Oh, okay. And the question then becomes, it, are these people who are operating this vicariously? Now you'll recall a few, uh, we're getting old now, so a few, a few years back, uh, there, there were some very loud and, and valid, uh, criticisms of video games. Yeah. And how they de- desensitized mm-hmm. children, allegedly. Sure. So if that problem is real, then people would make a similar argument about people piloting drones. Huh. Now I'm not, I'm not, I'm not advocating that. I personally play video games and I don't know, I don't think I'm a desensitized sociopath, you know? I have yet to strangle a cat. Well, <laughs> word around the office, but I'm not going to say anymore. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe yeah, today maybe. will be the day I break. <laughs> but but so there there are criticisms, um, and the response to these criticisms by the U.S. military and by any any military that would be using these kind of uh, devices is that we're trying to save the lives of people in our military, and we're trying to, you know, of course we're not going out there to kill civilians mm-hmm. that's that's not the point of this sort of this sort of operation understood this is a protect your own situation right. i get it right and and again it is chiefly reconnaissance mm-hmm. um but we would be we we wouldn't be giving you a good episode if we didn't if we didn't at least uh touch on Something that maybe, maybe some people don't know so much about drones, which is that they are tremendously controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of think of a, another very controversial thing in war would be a, a landmine, for instance. Yeah. Um, and then the, the question really comes down to, uh, the ability to protect American soldiers, the ability to protect the soldiers of whichever military uses these, um, because it's not going to – I mean, it's not always going to be something that the U.S. possesses. This sort of technology is so much bang for your buck, and it's so um, – it's in its infancy now. Mm-hmm. But it, it it will easily become the uh, future I, of aerial warfare. I, I could also see um, you know people saying that you know, you're so far removed from the battlefield uh, that you're, you're in an air-conditioned trailer or wherever you are, a command center – and uh it just totally takes you out of the uh the situation of you know what's really happening there um you're not i i don't i mean i'm i'm not laughing but i'm just saying that it's like you're 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 really playing a video game you're playing on a screen and it's you're not really understanding the the situation that's happening there on the ground or you're not understanding you're not seeing the results of it really cuz you you come in you fly your mission you're gone mm. and uh you don't really see the 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 raw effects of that i guess uh so a lot of people might say that you know it, it too far removes the person from the emotional side of what's really happening mm-hmm. in the war. Um, but is that really a bad thing? Um, I, 
I mean, I guess not. I mean, if that's the, the mission anyway, if that mission was going to be, you know, um, it's going to happen. It's going to happen no matter what. Sure. Um, maybe it's not so bad to spare somebody that uh, that emotional trauma as well. You know, mm-hmm. that uh, you know, it's 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 a bit removed in that situation. Well, does that make any sense? I think that it does. Because that does. It, it takes yeah. you out of the game, really, in a little in a way. Right, and because really, I think a, a I wouldn't call it a um, a game specifically, but that that's a good point because if you are based in the ground, and now these guys can be these guys can be based in you know Baghdad or something mm-hmm. and flying out, and in that case, when they have completed a mission. They they can't leave. They're still on tour. True. So they have true. to they have to stand back. But they could also be in Nevada, for instance, using a satellite relay. I see. And I think I I think that there really is a, a debate about this. But we can't avoid the fact that now that drones exist, they are inevitably going to become more and more mainstream parts of military stuff, just because they're able to do things that people, human soldiers, uh, cannot do safely, like. The the thing you hear about the most when you hear these criticisms, right? You hear three things. You hear that they uh, desensitize op- operators, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then maybe even the American public. You hear that they are um, – they may, as a result of that, result in civilian deaths. The argument can be made the other way that they actually prevent civilian deaths because they're able to, um, again – free themselves of some of the human error that would occur. Um, and then the third one, and the one that's the most, you know, conspiracy theory, right, is the idea of assassinations. So specifically looking for, like we earlier talked about, high-value targets. Mm-hmm. Well, the CIA um, in 2002 had used a uh, – had, had a couple of times um, found al-Qaeda terrorists and uh, – even down to specific individuals, and they've been able to assassinate them using uh, using a predator. Actually, wow. Now the, these things are these things are very rare. Again, you don't it, uh, you can't think of it like a movie scene assassination, you know. But the thing is, they they have this tremendous ability to do what what's called, um, I guess, force projection. So they can move faster than most uh most manned most manned flight systems because you don't you seriously don't have to wait for a pilot you don't have to wait for them to sleep you can just switch the teams out mm-hmm. and like it or not uh, I think drones are here to stay and we're probably going to see more and more uh, unmanned vehicles maybe even unmanned uh, ground vehicles. Like, uh, oh, no kidding. Yeah, like robotic tanks. Interesting. And, uh, we don't know really where, where this will go. And, um, all right. Hopefully it'll make the, hopefully it'll result in a, in a world where war is not necessary. Very good, Ben. I was trying to end it on that. <laughs> yeah, that's good because so. we kind of took it down there, but at, at the end. But yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, you told me a lot more about drones than I knew because I, um, I, I, do you have any more? I didn't, I didn't want to cut you off there, but that's, uh, uh I just had no idea at all. I knew the controversy, and mm. like I said, I, I thought drones were small. I thought drones were, you know, strictly reconnaissance. I didn't know they were carrying missiles. And I would say um, chiefly reconnaissance is okay. fair. All right, yeah, but, very good. Uh, yeah, 
But no, man, you're you're not you're not uh, off base. You've opened my eyes here to this because uh, really they're kind of cool. I want to I want to take a look at uh, some of these the predator and the uh, yeah. What was the other one? The the, the uh, reaper. The reaper. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the big one. But then don't forget the other. Um, don't forget the other smaller ones, and you can see the evolution. You can actually find some uh, some photographs and some stuff on the web about the unmanned aerial vehicles oh, sure. you history. Could, you even gave me a cutaway here with some of the components and the mm-hmm. uh, uh, all the sensors and the, the satellite upfeed information and mm-hmm. the fuel cell assembly. Isn't it crazy and, that they're hybrids? They have batteries that and, is crazy. Yeah. and they have engines. Hybrid vehicles, yeah. yeah. Hybrid vehicles high above. Hybrid vehicles high above. Uh, something like that, yeah. Hey, man, I, I got to tell you, uh, before we get out of here, I saw the funniest thing because I was looking for some ammunition about flying cars to make oh, a reference no. to in this okay. episode. Yeah. And I saw this thing. It was like, uh, it said, I'm so tired of people talking about 2010 and saying, hey, it's 2010. Where are the flying cars? It's like, we already have them. They're called planes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, good point. They're, uh, oh, man, Ben, you know how to push my buttons on that, don't you? Yeah. Well, you I really just wanted, do. I thought you would like that uh, because it turns out I was being. Yeah, no I, know. About it. I know it, but just hearing the words, I those know. two words get me. Okay, so if you guys want to find us, please don't type too much stuff about yeah. flying cars. Nothing about flying cars. On on our Facebook, which is car stuff, on our- uh, Just cars, not flying cars. Just, okay. Yeah, on our, maybe that's the name of our show, Just Cars. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. But uh, you can also find us on Twitter at CarStuffHSW. That's where we like to talk about cars and not flying cars. <laughs> okay, I, th- I think I see where you're going. Mm-hmm. You're definitely not going to find um, too much positive information about flying cars on Scott's blog, which is nevertheless awesome. Uh, you will find information about flying cars on our website and our auto channel. You'll also find information about uh, anything from drones to, uh, let's see, what else do we have on there? Asparagus. We have asparagus. It's not in the auto section. Oh, in the auto section. You had to be uh, clear. You know, yeah, but you can find asparagus, too. Yeah. yeah, that's there, too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, hot rides, choppers, mm-hmm. unusual cars, yeah. hybrid cars. Yeah. How to how to take care of your car? Oh yeah, we got all kinds of things. I mean, really, search anything and it's likely to come up with something. And in the unlikely event that you do not find what you're looking for, or you have a suggestion for us for an upcoming episode, uh, go ahead and drop us a line electronically at carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. The howstuffworks.com iPhone app is coming soon. Get access to our content in a new way. Articles, videos, and more all on the go. Check out the latest podcasts and blog posts and see what we're saying on Facebook and Twitter. Coming soon to iTunes. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was good. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. 
freeze americano. Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one.